1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
0: Well, unlike last week, we won't have to talk about everything that happened under the sun. But there are a couple of news nuggets that came out of the NBA here in the past week. Most recently... And also, uh, most unsurprisingly, I guess, uh, Ben Simmons and the Philadelphia 76ers are headed for a split. Simmons is apparently informed the team that he does not want to be a part of the organization and will not report to training camp. Then, of course, there was one that came out of nowhere right before my haircut last Friday. And I had to write a bunch of words from a parking lot in a Panini's. And that was Lowry Markkinen getting traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers, Larry Nance Jr. going to the Portland Trailblazers, and Derek Jones Jr. and some picks going to the Bulls. So those were the two biggest news drops of the last week. This morning, we as we were recording on a Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern time, Click Capella and the Hawks have agreed to a two-year $46 million extension. So he is there through 2025, meaning that the Hawks are set, man. They just got... Trey young under contract for a while. They just signed John Collins to a contract for a while and now they got Clint Capella. So there's the big three. It's all set. So those are some things we'll go into. And I know that Brian wants to hit a little bit of gambling as far as uh, the sorry, Ohio state was on my mind. Ohio state plays uh, Minnesota on Thursday. Got to put that out there. Go bucks. But (laughs) as far as the NBA team's records go, we're going to go, uh, in a gambling direction here towards the end of the podcast. But this is keeping it, it 94. Spencer Davies, Brian Fritz, another episode brought to you by the basketballnews.com podcast network. Bry, my guy, what's going on
1: while we're throwing out college football. Let's give it up for my UCF Knights playing at home against Boise state on Thursday night to open up the season at the bounce house. Go Knights! So, you are Mr. Cavaliers, being right there in Cleveland. You, you uh, have everybody in the know on speed dial, and I think you're rarely surprised by anything. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how surprised were you last week when the news came down, Laurie Markkinen, you know, signing and getting traded to the Cavs?
0: Let's go with a 7. Yeah, You know, you invest $100 million in Jared Allen. And then you go out and pick Evan Mobley with your number three overall selection. You still have Kevin Love on the team, whether he's himself or whether or not he is. Still got two years left on that contract. So you go ahead and go out and get somebody like Lowry Marketing, who is still on the Cavs timeline. As I was saying on a podcast I was guessing this week, he's 24 years old. He'll fit right in because he'll be on his Fourth coach in five years it's a guy who's a career 36.6 percent three-point shooter coming off of his best season yet 40 percent from deep so the skill is there that matches it's only one problem dude's seven foot Cavs have like five or six front court players I don't know where the minutes are gonna go and that was the original take that I had I then had some things explained to me a little bit better. Center and power forward, what do you have between those two positions? 96 minutes, right? 48 minutes apiece. So the way it's going to go, Jared Allen's going to start with Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley's going to be the starting four, okay? But Evan Mobley is also going to play the backup five, allowing for Lowry Markinen to get plenty of minutes at the four there. Where does that leave Kevin Love? 10 to 12 minutes a game. I don't know. We already heard the news that he's not going to be doing a buyout. So it looks like the Cavs are either going to try and find a trade by some miracle, or they're just going to ride this thing out because by the time this this uh, offseason rolls around next year, Kevin Love's going to be a valuable trade piece as far as someone trying to clear salary out. Uh, somebody that's going to not bring that long-term salary cap hit with him. So that's how I feel, pretty much initially, uh, on the deal. I, th- there's multiple on-court things you can talk about. Lowry, uh, a, a solid, solid uh, marksman, as I just said, gonna do wonders for uh, a guy like Colin Sexton, who's gonna you know spray it out to him uh, out on the perimeter. Uh, maybe Darius Garland will trust you know him on the outside a little bit, I know Darius is more of a a lob thrower and a floater guy, uh, but maybe he's gonna be doing some driving kicks. Um, Lowry himself, by the way, can utilize his three-point threat to put the ball on the floor. He got a lot better at that with Chicago last year, especially. Just putting the ball on the floor and making things happen. We'll see where, where it goes. He's not a wing. That's the thing. The Cavs do not have a comparable wing. They're playing Isaac Okoro at the three. He's probably more naturally a two because of his lack of height. He does have the strength and the muscles uh, to keep up with threes, but a uh, size advantage is going to come back and hurt you a little bit, but we're going to see whether Dylan Windler can stay healthy. We're going to see if Jetty Osmond can bounce back. Maybe Lamar Stevens probably going to make it a, a little bit of a, a push to, to get some minutes, but I think talent wise, it's still a solid core. They kept everybody together. They're bringing back the same front office. They're bringing back the same coaching staff, Plus, Sydney, Sydney Lowe from the Detroit Pistons, a longtime assistant uh, around the league and once actually with Cleveland. They lost Lindsey Gottlieb to USC's women's team. But I'm indifferent, I guess, a week later looking at this move. Indifferent.
1: When I saw it go down, I, I was like most people where I didn't see the Cavs as a team that would be landing him. But I like it because... I like the talent the marketing brings. And he is a younger guy. I was surprised at the money that he got and that it was four, four year, 67 years, 67. Million. Yep. Yeah. I was, uh, I was surprised uh, a little bit surprised, but the bulls wanted a first round pick for him. Apparently they knew his value and they got it. I mean, this three team deal, I mean, and you know, immediately when it happened, we didn't know it was three teams and we were like, they're a little bit loaded at power forward. And then come to find out Nance is going to Portland, which I think is a really good fit over there for him as mm-hmm. well. I mean, that that's a nice fit. Um, but, you know, the, the other big part of this, I think, that you're talking about is Kevin Love. And, you know, he's not going to take the buyout. Or there hasn't even been talks of buyout. I mean, he already came out and said, I'll, I want to stay. I don't know if he gets any playing time. and And I can sit there and say, like, He's a veteran. He can do. He can do, still do some things. He can help some of the younger guys. But with the way the Cavs are doing some things and with the talent they have and the minutes they need to get that talent on the court right now, I don't know where he gets any minutes. And I know it's a lot to say, we're going to pay somebody $30 million a year and he's not even going to play. But I feel like that's at the point we're at now with Kevin Love. And he's not a trade asset. Nobody's going to trade for him. I don't even know, it's funny because we can sit here and talk about guys with like high contracts and if they have one year left, then at least there's something can do. I don't even know what his value is going to be after this season with one year left because he's played so little and there's so many question marks that come with him. And if he's not going to take a buyout, I don't know where he fits on the team minutes wise.
0: It's tough. It's tough to find it. I mean, you're literally talking maybe 10 to 12.
1: I don't even know if he gets that. I mean, I mean, you, you would understand this a little bit more than me because you're closer to the situation. But looking from it from afar and being a basketball fan, like I said, I truly wonder if they're even going to play him. Like, is he going to get regular minutes or is it going to be like you know, this game you don't play, that game you don't play? Here you play five minutes here. It's a garbage time thing. I, I don't I don't know if it gets to that point. And then, because, I mean, they they have so much invested in younger guys. And this is a situation where it is a rebuild, but at the same time, we want to be making steps forward. And we've got younger talent, but it's not like everybody's a rookie talent. Mobley obviously is a rookie, but you've got Jared Allen, who's a younger guy, but he's going to get his minutes. and a younger guy. He's been in the league for a few years. He's going to get his minutes. We know about the backward. Those guys – You know, there's expectations now. They've been in the league for a few years. There are some expectations that come with the Cavs, and that does not necessarily mean, unless he can really help them on the court, and I think that's where the big question mark is, can Kevin Love be a positive on the court, fitting in with a younger core, or do you have to sit there and say, what we need from Kevin Love is leadership off the court and do not play him every game?
0: Yeah, I mean, they're going to need that. Um they did, of course, go out and get Ricky Rubio earlier this offseason, who's going to be, you know, an invaluable piece for them. Uh, not only just from an on-court perspective, but also off the court. Um, maybe Kevin Love, you know, because of a previous relationship with Rubio, maybe he's a little bit more, uh, you know, in good spirits uh, if he's not getting, you know, the minutes that that he's, you know, desiring to get. But I think he also knows, you know, going through some introspective himself, uh, especially after hearing uh Jerry Colangelo go and just blast him at Team USA camp Um, that, you know, these are different times and, you know, things are going to be scaled back. You've got to be as good as you can be. You've got to stay healthy. You've got to be contributing. uh, No sulking, no pouting, none of that. And the Cavs have told him, you know, if Kevin wants out, he's got to do it himself so that he can get it done. Like, so that they could get it done. Excuse me. So that that that's a whole situation in and of itself. But I kind of wanted to go back to the Lowry signing, or the the sign and trade, I should say. So this is where I'm a little bit confused, because it it, it is short term help, but they also signed him to that four year deal. So with marketing Allen, and Mobley, do you think? that one of Allen or Lowry could be traded in a, in two years, three years to get back a wing, a position of need um, in the future. If those players play well enough, is that the plan? Because, you know, allocating 16 to 17 million for a player who's going to come off the bench. They, they they've already indicated that Lowry Martin is going to be coming off the bench. That's, that's a lot of cheddar. And, I know the NBA contracts are a lot. They're a lot of money now. So 16 to 17 million isn't quite, uh, you know, that killer of a contract anymore these days.
1: But it is when you add it up with what Jared Allen got in the off season.
0: Right. And then you also think about what Colin Sexton's going to command if they don't get extensions talks, uh, you know, uh, cleared out before the season starts here. And then Darius Garland will be in the same position at this time next year. So, that's what I'm thinking to myself by and essentially if if marketing pans out, then that's a very you know good contract to have somebody on, like another team would definitely be down for a stretched four that can shoot the ball like that
1: it's or, a movable or, contract yeah
0: yeah, or or when the cap spikes in a year or two or whatever, if say Jared Allen becomes this you know amazing shot blocking rim finishing you know, stud who has expanded his skill set, then that becomes a, a, essentially a, a trade chip, no? Because every team can use one of those, especially contenders that know what it's like in the playoffs when things get down and dirty and get more half-court oriented. You need a rim protector. You need someone who can grab rebounds. Those are big-time possessions. Those are big-time players. So. Could Jared Allen be one of those guys to get moved out? Because taking Evan Mobley where they did at number three, you know that that's not going to be the guy that they move. So right. Well,
1: I mean, I think the way one of those I, two, I think. yeah, I I think the way that I look at it is they're just accumulating assets right now. They're looking at good young players to see how everything fits. So you've got Jared Allen there, and you can give him that contract extension so you lock him up and you can start him and you can put Mobley beside him. But when Mobley gets more seasoning in this league and puts on more muscle, you're going to see him probably play more minutes at the five. And I think it's at that point where if you feel, you know, and that's not going to be something that happens overnight. We're talking about two or three years from now. But the more that he starts playing at the five, that's when I think they can be more open to moving a Jared Allen. But they've got him locked up right now. And in the meantime, Allen's going to play a lot of the five. Mobley can play the four you know, they're hoping that those two guys can fit together and same with marketing because having a stretch big is always going to be an asset in this league. So marketing, you can probably play alongside either of those guys um, because of his inside outside game. And I think that's the way they look at it. It's just like, we've got young guys, we've got them locked up. Let's develop this team. Let's see how it fits. And you know, if Mobley pans out the way that we expect him to as a player, and then as he fills out more, you know, with his body, he's going to play more five, and that's going to be a bigger asset for us because then we can play more of, you know, Mobley at the five, Marketing at the four, maybe another guy that can stretch the four at the four that just kind of comes in the picture a little bit better and gives you more things you can do. Then that would make Jaron Allen more expendable at that point if it works that way, or maybe. Maybe they get lucky in another draft or, or something where they they find some other wings. Maybe they move one of those guys to the backcourt and they get another wing or something like that that helps kind of round out the team a little bit more and things kind of fall into place that way and they, they end up keeping Jarrett for the duration of his contract.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I guess you just kind of have to wait and see. And then know it's a cliche, and a lot of people you know see it like that, but uh, but that's I mean just kind I like the that
1: works. they're accumulating talent that's tradable guys, you know, even if it doesn't work out there, which is something we can, you know, we've talked about so many different times when it comes to other teams and just like, you know what, maybe, you don't think this guy's necessarily the best fit for whatever reason, but you don't want to just give up an asset. And how many times have we seen that time and time again, where people or where teams are giving up on assets or not even just like accumulating assets, even for the potential of, Future moves. And this is even something we've seen with the Celtics do that we talked about last week, you know, when it comes to could they be gearing up for another trade um, at, at some point in the season? Because before the season, they didn't really have tradable assets. The guys, you know, in that kind of that, that mid-range of contracts, now they do it, locking up Marcus Smart and going out there and getting Richardson and some of the other things that they've done, they put themselves in kind of that position.
0: Yes. Let's move on to the other side. Larry Nance Jr. going to the Portland Trailblazers. I love it.
1: You're going to love him love in it. Rip City.
0: So I'll give you a scout on Larry. You know, just having watched him for the last three and a half years, this is a guy who, when he's on the floor, and this is the biggest thing that, that has haunted him, when he's on the floor, key words, got to be able to stay healthy. But when he is on the floor, you'd be hard-pressed to find someone who's better at deflecting passes, Somebody who has better instincts um, in transition. You have somebody who loves making plays uh, at the nail, whether it's finding guys on cuts, whether it's dribble handoffs. Um, He started to face up. I think he's a much better shooter than what his numbers have shown. Um, And I know that his numbers weren't even that bad last year from three, but he was dealing with a finger injury the whole year. So, or not the whole year, but, you know, once he started losing track of, of that solid number. Uh, he was dealing with a thumb injury. Uh, he's a good, good fit for this Portland team. And I, I know that Dame is, you know, probably looking for higher sights, setting his sights higher on, on stuff, but Dame, CJ, Norman Powell, Larry Nance, Jr. Yusuf Nurkic. I like that starting five. I don't mind that starting five at all. And Larry is going to be somebody that sacrifices for the team. Um, he's a, a great teammate on the floor. Um, somebody who is really selfless is not going to look for him, him going first. He's going to do the, the cleanup the dirty work. Um, and he's going to get those guys so many opportunities out in the open floor just with his instincts. Um, so well, you I think did, that you was need a really guys like move. that.
1: Yeah, that will that will sacrifice, that will do those little things. And Larry is a hustler on both ends of the court. I mean, he's he's gonna be the guy that's gonna be a thorn in the side defensively, you know. He's going to be uh on offense, a guy that will set screens, he will roll to the rim, he'll do all the dirty work there. I think Portland, if they wanna play fast, Larry fits great there as well to have a guy that a wing guy that can really finish on a break. So um, it's something that Portland has needed and something that they got. And I'm not saying that, you know, Larry Nance Jr. is the answer to all their problems. And, you know, he's some kind of like massive superstar. He's not, but he's a very good role player. And that's what they need in that position right now.
0: And forgive me. You know, I said Larry Nance Jr. was in the starting lineup. Let's not forget Robert Covington. So maybe Larry Nance Jr. will come off the bench. Yes. Maybe we'll see some, some uh, smaller unit units where Larry Nance plays the five and Covington plays the four, or vice versa. Um, they, they've got a lot of defensive versatility now, and they have a new coach. So maybe Chauncey Billups is going to be the one that, to get them right on the defensive end. I know that that's been, you know the concern the whole time. They brought in Covington and Derrick Jones Jr., who's now in Chicago, uh, to change the defensive you know mentality. Well, now you've got some very, very solid players that are versatile, are switchable, um, that can guard one through five and really do a solid job of stopping the opponent. And I maybe that's enough to cover for Damon CJ. We know that Damon CJ are not the best defensively. Call a spade a spade. That's been the the entire story of their tenure. But having guys like Junior and guys like Covington um, be able to cover for them if they get beat. Maybe it works. Maybe it works. But I like the fit. They, you know, had to to get rid of uh, Derek Jones Jr., who I think is going to be a great depth piece out in Chicago. Chicago's done a really nice job this year uh, of just bringing in talent. I've already told you how I feel about the fit together with those talents. But they've brought they've done a nice job of bringing in talent uh, and have a lot of depth now. Uh, but I I think that the Blazers won out this the most, um, and Junior will be great there. Junior will be great there. Okay, so we've addressed those two things. What about Ben Simmons? So, Ryan, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if we have it documented on this very here podcast. We might have to go back a few, few episodes. But when we were talking about original Ben Simmons locations, did I not bring up the Sacramento Kings
1: and whose you would, name? You've been very surfacing. high on the Sacramento Kings as a possible uh, trade partner for one Ben Simmons. Now, I don't know Thank how you. Ben I Simmons on the about. Back. You should. You should pat yourself on the back <laughs> very much. Don't hurt yourself. But I, I, I'd be very curious to see how Ben Simmons feels about the Sacramento Kings. Um, but when you look at pieces, they're a team that – has some pieces that would seem to fit what Philly might want. There's a couple of teams I like that. It's it's funny because, like, so you know, now that, you know, Ben Simmons has reportedly told the team, I'm not reporting to camp. This is over. I'm done with you and Philly. Trade me. I am not coming to camp because there's been this mentality, too, you know, when it comes to the Sixers. They're going to take their time. They're not going to be rushed in any kind of trade. They're going to get what they want. They've got a high price for him. And if that means he has to come to camp, that means he has to start the season with the team. So be it. They're not going to give him up unless they get a package that wows them and they feel like hits that value. And now Simmons and his camp are turning it on the organization a bit and saying, I'm not coming to camp. I am not putting on a 76ers jersey ever again. I'm out. Move me. If if I'm not moved by the beginning of training camp here in a month, well, guess what? You're going to start camp without me. I'm not going to be there. I'm going to be doing my own thing, getting in shape. I'm going to be showing everybody, you know, 10-second Instagram clips, slow-mo of me hitting 12-footers, you know, with the wrong hand. And that's the way it's going to be. So now you've got this little chess game between the two sides. And I think the curious thing for me to see now is what teams are going to step forward a little bit more in their trade hopes for Ben and do they up the ante or do they sit there and say, well, they've got to resolve this before the season. So I am not going to go all in. I am not going to go Gaga, you know, a trade package. I'll make a good, you know, offer, but I'm not going to, you know, push all my chips to the center.
0: And that's what Philly did. As soon as that series was over in the playoffs, because the Hawks. What, what did I say would have come out of that, Brian? We can even go back to that point. I understand if you're frustrated with your teammates and with your players, but when Joel Embiid and Doc Rivers went on public record, when they were asked about Ben Simmons, and as small, as little as the comments may have seemed, and the answers and reactions may have seemed, that legitimately downed the value of Ben Simmons to be traded in the offseason.
1: Well, they were, now for it. they were being brutally honest. They were being brutally honest. Which is fine. The Don't do it. Don't Which do is it publicly. Fun. I totally agree with you. And because it, it had it had two big effects. Not only did it lower his value, but it also lowered Ben's thoughts of them because he was being honest, because they were being honest about him. And I don't know what they said to his face afterwards, after the game, after they said those comments in the locker room. I don't know what they've said to his face, okay, or text, phone calls, whatever. But saying it in public and being that honest about that is rough. Because it's the people that you are saddling up with, your own teammates, your own coach, publicly saying, like, there's a problem. Like, and and you're the problem right now. Like, you've got to be better. And some people can take that kind of criticism in public, and others react differently. And I think Ben has reacted differently, you know? And It
0: was legitimately finger-pointing in front of the cameras. It was. Like, and
1: you, you could sit there and say that Joel and Doc shouldn't have done that. But both of those guys are brutally honest. To both, you know, we, we, we appreciate it, but it can also come with the detriment. And yeah, this, yeah. this is the fallout from that.
0: Yeah, and now Daryl Morey's got a pickle now. Do you give in and just take what you can get? because you don't want this to drag along. We saw what happened with James Harden, right? You don't want that to drag along. It's not like Ben Simmons is, you know, any similarly personality-wise.
1: Right. But what Daryl needs, and he knows this, well, we know it too, he needs the belief that two teams are interested in him. And it doesn't, and all he needs is one of those teams to really uh, up the ante a little bit. Now, the he can say he's got offers from another team. Who knows how strong that offer could be if there is another team. I'm sure there would be. But that's what he needs, is he needs one team that's really, really into it, that he believes he can get a deal done with, and he needs that team to believe that somebody else will step up. That's so- where we're at.
0: So, who do you like? He's been linked to the Minnesota Timberwolves. He's been linked to the Sacramento Kings. He's been linked to the Cleveland Cavaliers. He's been linked to, uh, the, I believe, the Rockets. So, where does I, he fit in your eye?
1: He fits with the Rockets, but, man, they don't have enough to me to get... John Wall? <laughs> that, that ain't going to happen. We know that. But, I mean, to, to me, this is the kind of the way that I look at it. I think the team that makes the most sense for more to make a deal with is Sacramento, but he needs Sacramento to believe Minnesota is going to go, you know, above to really go all out to get him. When I Do look you want at
0: You De'Aaron Fox to Philly, is that what you're trying to say?
1: Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But I mean, Oof. but if I'm, if I'm Philly and if I look at Minnesota, what can Minnesota offer me that I really want? What is the trade that makes sense? If they they did a one-on-one trade, Ben Simmons to Minnesota. What is it that Minnesota has right now that you would want that fits on your team that you believe is a championship-caliber team?
0: What is it? Like Beasley, Jaden McDaniels, uh, D'Angelo Russell, just thinking off the top of my head. D'Angelo Russell
1: is not a fit there. He's, well, he's I'm, just, not. I'm
0: just saying because they're I know. not going to include anything. You money-wise,
1: for but I'm just saying D'Angelo Russell is not a fit. This is the problem that they have with a trade with Minnesota. I don't know what makes sense.
0: So they'd have to find a three or four team deal.
1: Probably. But I think, yeah. I think when it comes to Sacramento, I think there is enough. There are some things that you can do there because maybe they want to get off to deal with Fox over there. Um, Harrison Barnes. Was a guy that I think might be somebody attractive. Buddy Healed. Buddy Healed would definitely be somebody that's attractive. I mean, could you do a Fox Healed and a Pick deal? I don't even. I'm not stuff. I'm not even looking at the money, and it might be a little off or whatever. But you know, no, no
0: disrespect to you know what Ben brings to the table because I do hate recency bias. I think that Ben's an amazing player. He's a really good defender. Somebody mm-hmm. who. You can, you're very, very difficult to find somebody who's better uh, in fast break making decisions with the hand of the ball, with the ball in their hand. Sorry. Uh, De'Aaron Fox is like on the cusp of that superstar. Like, and I don't know if I would give him up for Ben Simmons when his value is this low.
1: But when I look at what Sacramento has done in the draft the last couple of years, knowing that they've got other guys that can play point guard, and now Fox is on his max deal Mm -hmm. is now the time where they sit there and say, we can capitalize on this. We've got other guys that can play that position. And By the way, for Philly, no matter what deal they make, but especially in a deal like that that we're kind of throwing out there, their defense is going to suffer. Like in any deal they make, their defense, they're not getting a defender on the level of Ben Simmons, no matter what deal they make. But in yeah. a deal like that with Fox and Heald, you're really going to have some defensive shortcomings that you're going to have to overcome. Matisse
0: Diebel can just step right in. You'll be good. Sure, of course. If he's still on the team and he's not a part of the deal.
1: Right, that's the of course. Other too. But, I mean, I mean if you, you're looking at players, I mean, does Fox make sense on that team? I mean, Heald definitely. I think
0: does. Fox makes a ton of sense with Fox. Right. But, I, I mean, think Buddy makes a ton ton of sense with Philly.
1: Now, how many picks would you have to throw in with that? One, two,
0: three. I, I guess it depends on what the, va- the league is valuing and how desperate Philly is to make sure that this situation doesn't bleed in the camp.
1: See, I because if For I'm Sacramento, camp. I'm sitting there going picks. What are you talking about? If that's a trade offer. No, then I go, okay, one. I'll I give you one. I, I give you one. You know, but there comes the semantics, you know, like yeah. what's going to be too much because you, you have to sit there and sit there and say too, if we get Ben Simmons, how much better are we going to be? And, or do we think we're still going to struggle? And our draft pick is going to be very valuable because I think no matter if they make that trade or not, they're a team that could easily be you know in the lottery next year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The difference no, is you've
1: got Ben Simmons now. And if you believe that he could be a cornerstone that you can build around, then I can understand it. But if you don't, then, you know, I mean, the pipe dream still is, you know, they want Dame Lowe. And I just, I don't think that's happening.
0: It's tough. It's It's a tough tough. one to make happen. Unless Maury's like, okay, we'll take CJ. You know, we'll take Nasir Little. Like, you know, I guess. I don't see Gerald doing that. It's the willingness of Daryl, and Daryl's pretty hard headed. So.
1: Yeah. so I mean, I if they get a the Simmons deal done, to me, it probably feels like it's gotta be three teams. Yeah. And I'll no, be I curious to see where it goes. Multi-team. Yeah.
0: yeah, multi-team deal. Yeah. Okay.
1: News I mean, this morning, by as the way, I said in the intro. Is oh. there any other teams that you see in that equation? Because I mean, those are the two teams I've been talked about the most, but i I mean, and you mentioned the Cavs, which you know, they'd have to trade more of the guys in the backcourt for that. It'd Garland literally be Kevin
0: Love and Colin Sexton works straight up. Oh <laughs> but um, they, how many picks would you have to do throw that. for that? I don't think they'd do that because they already have Ky- uh, Tyrese Maxey. Yeah. They're like very similar players.
1: I mean, if you were able to dump Kevin Love, I mean, you'd have, I mean, if you're Philly. You
0: hmm. would ask for picks. Yeah. Because there are teams, the rival teams that,
1: it's funny. Any, any negotiations
0: yeah. with Kevin Love, you have to throw an asset in with him at this moment.
1: You, I mean, how many picks would they have to get from Cleveland to not only give up Ben Simmons, but to also take on a Kevin Love contract? Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. And I don't it's think the Cavs are in a position where they should be giving up a multitude of draft capital.
0: No, they're not. They're still trying to, to take swings here.
1: So just trade him to Orlando and get it over with. Mm-hmm.
0: Orlando. I don't know, but we'll find out where he goes. Yeah. Like I was saying. <laughs> but like I was saying this morning, uh, Click Capella and the Hawks, two years, $46 million. On top of his contract, his previous contract, he signed a five year, $90 million deal in 2018. So he is taken care of through the 2025 season. Trey Young, taken care of for a while. John Collins, taken care of for a while. Hawks are set, man. And and the thing is, so this is their quote unquote big three now, right? But we still have to wait on what DeAndre Hunter is going to be. Kevin Herter, uh, you know, you you've still got uh, you know a veteran like Gallinari there. Uh, they they've got things they've got things pretty much set in stone uh, for this team. And I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I think the continuity is going to be huge. I think bringing in Delon Wright to, to back up Trey young uh, is going to be one of the most underrated moves. I didn't mention bogey uh, who is essential to their success. Uh, the development of Onyeka Okongwu. Uh They They've got pieces, man. They've got real pieces. And then, you know, in summer league, they're probably not going to play that much, but in summer league, Jalen Johnson and Sharif Cooper showed out, <laughs> you know? Um, so they're in a good shape. They're in good shape, and they're taken care of here uh, as far as their core goes. And these are not, like, overly hampering contracts. I mean, aside from Collins and and, and Young, of course, but I think but, but is even really Collins
1: is 25 for this coming up year, it's 23 and a half. Then it escalates from there, you know, 25 the following year. But I mean, it's a big number, but it's not a max number. No. You know, so. But it's not. It's close, but it's not, you know. And like you said, you know, for the most part, their team is locked up for, you know, two to three more years when it comes to their essential guys. Like, even when it comes to, like, DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish, who are on their rookie deals, you know, they've got, this coming season. And after that, they got team options and qualifying. so, I mean, you know, they're locked up for at least two more years each, you know, barring extensions past that, um, you know, herder has got another year left on his deal. And then he's got, you know, a qualifying offer you know, So they're like you said, they're in good shape and kind of the way that they've distributed money on the roster as well. So, um, and they even brought back, you know, Lou Williams for, you know, one year, five, So, I mean, it's not a big number for some of these other guys as well. So, hey, I think a lot of us thought the Hawks would take a jump last season. I don't know if anybody really saw they take that big of a jump last season. You know, and even as stacked as the East looks going into this coming season, I think the Hawks are well positioned to be right in the thick of it.
0: They should be. They should be. And they're bringing back the same head coach. You got Nate McMillan, who's on his deal now. A lot of buy-in. Around the world, there. So I think they're in real good shape. I don't, I don't know who's going to be messing with the Hawks as far as that like middle of the top tier, if that makes sense. A five to four seed probably feel. I Same think the thing Heat pretty much last year. I
1: think them and the Heat will be vying for the four seed.
0: Got the Knicks too. Knicks got yep. better. Did they? I don't know if you could say the Celtics got better, but they're cleaner.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Um, exactly.
0: I mean, Washington I think could be in that mix maybe towards the bottom of that. Indiana, same squad, different coach.
1: Pacers is the big one because if they get healthy and with a different coach, they could be a team that takes a big leap.
0: I mean, shoot. You look at the, the finishing 11 from last year, you can make a a legitimate case playoff-wise for all of them. That's what's well, crazy.
1: That's what's going to be the trouble with the East is that you've got 12 teams that you can sit there on paper right now and sit there and say, I could see them making the playoffs. And obviously that ain't going to happen. You know, yeah. you know, only 10 are going to make it and a couple of those are in the play-in game. So, you know. That's the league.
0: That's the league. That's hey. where we're at.
1: Like, I mean, how how, how weird is it now? because we were wondering when this time would come that we sit there and say, we think it's easier to come out of the West than it is to come out of the East. And that's the way most people are looking at this upcoming season. Yeah. It's been forever since we've seen that.
0: Very long. That's wild. Yeah. Cause I mean, I'm looking at the bottom six of the West and it's pretty bad. It's not looking great, I mean, Houston, they're probably in for another year of youth, but not ready to win in the West, okay, see, we already know where they're at, <laughs> yeah, Minnesota definitely better than last year, but well, no, Chris da, Finch did a nice job with them, he
1: did, but I mean they there's just there is a Talent problem when it comes to the amount of talent and how that talent fits yeah. in Minnesota. That 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 is a problem there.
0: Sacramento, we've just talked about them. Pelicans, new head coach Willie Green, lost some pieces, added some vets. San Weird Antonio, things going on behind the them. scenes of the
1: front office in uh, New Orleans. <laughs> I'm not going
0: to address these things. Not going to address these things, Brian. I'm just but, saying
1: it's out there. I mean. You know, we don't have to necessarily go deep into it.
0: But hey, since we're talking about all these teams, I think it's yes. a perfect segue into what you wanted to talk about. Yes, so go ahead and segue into this, and this is how we'll we'll wrap up the pod this week.
1: So, not that we're ones to put down a, a penny or a dime or whatever you want on uh, on some action, however, early. Odds are out for win totals in the NBA from the Caesars Sportsbook. And um, some people could say maybe it's a little bit early. And obviously, there's so many people talking about football right now when it comes to gambling. However, we always get wins over unders. And um, Caesars has theirs out, like I said. And um, there's some very interesting numbers down here, I think. Especially when you look at this upcoming season and know that the NBA will be returning to an 82-game season you know and we're hoping that things are a little bit more normal around the league um and you know hopefully teams are as healthy as possible but um there there definitely are some very interesting numbers out there and um when it comes to the biggest numbers out there that would be the Brooklyn Nets are at 54 and a half wins the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks are at 53 and a half and the lakers and the sixers are behind them at 51 and a half and when it comes to the low end of the totem pole uh that would be the houston rockets and the orlando magic both at 24 and a half and then everybody else in between
0: wow the books don't think that they can't be worse than 24 wins that's generous (laughs)
1: you're talking about oh well those lower
0: end ones i feel like they're not low enough
1: well they're you remember the whole purpose when they put out odds for anything gambling wise is they're trying to get an even amount of bets on both sides (laughs) okay so just know that but um when i look at your orlando magic at 24 and a half um might get uh if i was going to put some uh, money down on that Make a wager. Um, I'd be hitting the under a bit on that.
0: <laughs> Hammer.
1: Hammer let's, go down the list.
0: Let's, let's, let's go by city and and we'll both pick.
1: Okay. And yeah, we'll, we'll do it real quick and then we can revisit this some other time. We're not going to go deep dive on it, but we can, we can do it real quick. Go for it.
0: All right. Atlanta, 46 and a half. Over. I will take the under there. By the I way, I need right to, around 45 or 46.
1: Hold on a second. I need to bring up what each team won last year before I really get out of my skis here.
0: I'm gonna be I'm gonna have them about 45 or 46 right on the money there.
1: So yeah, so I, I think it's a good number.
0: Yeah, right, right but, around the hook there. Right around.
1: Right the around. Yeah. But I'm gonna These say Atlanta Celtics. improves a little bit.
0: The Celtics.
1: They're at same number. 46 and a half. Over. Barely. Uh,
0: Over. Over. I get, you know, 47, 48. Yeah. Somewhere around there. So those are two really good starts. Mm -hmm. Brooklyn, 54 and a half. Take the over right away.
1: I tend to think the same thing and I understand that it's an eight, two game season and 54 and a half is a pretty big number. And the goal of the nets is going to be to stay healthy, but man, and, and the East is deep, but I got to go over.
0: Yeah. I guess I didn't take into account that not everybody's going to play every day. <laughs> yeah. Hornets 36 and a half. I'm going to go over on that.
1: You went over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think they'll be about
1: 3940. Yeah. So, one time, sometime I got to take an under here, though. Um, I will, yeah, I, I got to say over with them, though. If they're healthy. They're over. Okay. Comello improvement, get healthy. Yeah, over.
0: Chicago Bulls, 41 and a half. They've got them right about 500. Under. Bold. as much as I did not I shouldn't say did not like as indifferent as I was on their offseason moves. Got to take the over there. Got to go about
1: 43-44 wins. Your Cleveland Cavaliers 25 and a half. I
0: mean, I've got them at like 31 or 32. I was going to say,
1: with the, with the talent they have over. They,
0: to be on the same wavelength as the Rockets and Oklahoma City I'm, and to me yeah, no, that that's, that's a lock that's
1: it in put put down the mortgage on that man. Come on. I'm
0: they're going to win so many games defensively alone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, over. The Dallas Mavericks. 47 and a half. it's a high number.
1: It is, but I'm going to take the over.
0: I, I take think, the under right at 47.
1: You can. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, let's take the take the under by the hook.
1: There you go. Denver 47 and a half over. Under.
0: Because of Jamal Murray being out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: okay. Detroit 26 there and a go. half. Under. Under. And some some teams have got to struggle especially out in the east, so mm-hmm. here's an interesting one. Golden State 49 and a half.
0: Off rip, off rip. Just coming back with Clay Thompson, Steph, Draymond, Otto Porter, Baileyza.
1: What you got? I'm taking the under. (sighs) Clay ain't coming back till Christmas.
0: It's only like a month in. Uh,
1: Well, a month and a half. Well, I say Christmas, sometime in December. He's gonna miss like a month and a half. Ten more wins.
0: Uh, yeah, 48, 49, probably. I don't know if I'd give them 50 off rip. Yeah. I think, I think they're
1: around a 46. Okay. Um, Rockets 24 and a half under, under
0: in the West. Absolutely.
1: Pacers 41 and a half over, over. Yep. Uh, Clippers 45 and a half. Could be without Kawhi for the entire season. Oof. Under. Oof. And I, I think Paul George is going to have a monster year, but I'm still going to take the under on that number. Feels like a 42 Ooh. 42 and 40 season.
0: Oh, that's a lot of losses, my man.
1: Well, you got to play all 82, man. I don't doubt
0: Ty. I don't doubt Ty. We'll go to you over there.
1: Okay. Lakers 51 and a half
0: under because LeBron does not focus on the regular season.
1: I'll tell you what, man, I'm a Homer hammer that freaking number LeBron and AD are healthy. That is a golden ticket. You're taking the over. Oh yeah. They're going to win like okay. 56, 57, 58. Okay. If they, I mean, it's all, it's all about them staying healthy. It, 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 no, I, yeah. mean,
0: I just, yeah. I just know. Yeah. Show mode, show mode, Bron. And I know how that goes. He'll turn right. it on for the playoffs, but.
1: Right. But I, I just think that if LeBron and AD are healthy, especially with a, a Western conference, that's like a, a click off of what it's been lately to me. That's a plus there's a little chip on the shoulder of the Lakers and, you know, plus Russ has got something to prove and he's going to be in, you know, yeah. bleep mode and all that stuff. So <laughs> um, I'll, I'll hammer the the over on that. Uh, okay. Grizz are at 40 and a half.
0: Give me over. I think they can at least go 500.
1: I do too. I'll take the over. Miami Heat, 46 and a half.
0: I love Miami, but I'm going to put them in about 45, so I'll take under.
1: I'm taking the over, but just a little notch over it. Okay. Um, Milwaukee's at 53 and a half.
0: Defending champs, new coach extension. Yeah. I'm taking the yeah, we'll over. Go over. Yeah, we'll
1: go over. I got too many teams taking the over. But, I mean, Milwaukee is a, a team that plays hard during the regular season. That's the other reason why I think the Heat take the over, because they – Spolstra and the Heat, they, they play hard every game, you know? So
0: – Yeah, they
1: do. Yeah. Timberwolves, 32-and-a-half.
0: Oh, that's it's high. Under.
1: under. That high. I'm not even to touching that. Under. Uh, you know, You know, I'm going to go ooh. over – Oh, no, 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 no. I am. I got to go oh. 33, 34. Oh, man. every uh, The team will sucker somebody in every year. <laughs> New Orleans, 39 and a half. Gonna go under, under. Under. Knicks, 42 and a half.
0: That's probably just about right. Say 43 or 44. So I'll go I'm going to take
1: the under, but just barely. Okay. They, they feel like a 500 team to me next year. Oklahoma City, 22 and a half. Under. If they play Shea the entire season, I'll say over. If they if he comes down with a mysterious uh you know muscle pull, then under.
0: Got a lot of young kids.
1: They do, they do, but man. I oh, look at that teams. number and I'm like, mm. It's gotta be under though, because they don't they don't want to win that many. So it's under. Uh Orlando, 24 and a half. Under. That's a young team as well, man. Over. Oh, over. Whoa.
0: Jalen Suggs. Hmm. Jalen Suggs.
1: Sixers, 51 and a half.
0: Well, this number could <laughs> change.
1: A little bit. Um, I'll take the under on that. I was going
0: to say, for now, we're going to take the under.
1: <laughs> yep. I'll take the under on that. Uh, Suns, 50 and a half.
0: Got better. Over.
1: I'm hitting the over on that one. Yeah.
0: And, hey, wait. But before we, before we do this, Fox and Suns, usually one of those first-time championship teams has a hangover the next year. One of them very easily could just because of, of how things go. Um, but if both stay healthy and both keep that same continuity that they've had, should both be okay.
1: Yeah. Um, Blazers, 44 and a half. God, that number feels spot on.
0: It feels right there.
1: I'll say over, but just barely. Feels like a maybe a 46 win team. Mm. Mm. Under. Okay. I can't blame it. Sacramento, 35 and a half.
0: Under. You know what I want to do here.
1: You want to say Ben Simmons is going to take them to 38 I know, you wins? You know
0: what I want to do
1: here, Brian. <laughs> you want to say uh, Say it. You believe it? Say it. It's like Monopoly money. Like, there's nothing real what we're doing here, okay? We're I throwing, know. Well, I mean, we're giving our honest opinions, but, you know, there's no real money stake here. Yeah. Unless anybody wants to believe us and put their money on it, then that's on you. Then that's on me. No, I mean, that's on them.
0: <laughs> Kangs, over.
1: Oh, Spurs, 29 and a half. God,
0: 29 is probably the number.
1: I'm going to say under. That's sad.
0: If 29 is the the number, then yeah. Um, Well, you know what? Over, you know, maybe 31, 32.
1: How about the Raptors at 35 and a half? I'll hit the over on that. If they're at home, if
0: they're in Toronto, take the over.
1: They are going to be back in Toronto, it sounds like. There you go. Utah 51 and a half. Under. Over. Continuity and chemistry matters in the NDA. The Jazz are a regular season team. They kept their guys. They will go over. Okay. And the Wizards at 32 and a half. Hammer the over, baby. Look hammer is yeah, going hammer. over. Yeah, hammer it. I was
0: waiting for that one. Spencer, Dinwiddie, Bradley Beal. A refreshed, refocused Kyle Kuzma. Montrez Harrell off the bench, KCP right alongside with that defense. Still got Davis Bertans. Mm-hmm. We don't know what Dennis, uh, Danny Avdia, uh, when he'll be coming back, but they've got pieces, man. Daniel Gafford, uh, Thomas Bryant on the men from an injury as well.
1: Yeah. would they trade for the those pieces for Ben Simmons, how are you going to feel?
0: <laughs> well, the defense I would feel great about,
1: right? <laughs> um, I will say over as well, but, I don't think it's going to be much over. I think we're looking at like 35, okay. but it's over. It's over. There we go. Well, I mean, that, these are early, early numbers, but I mean, there are some, I mean, it. I think in the past we've seen some, you know, I'm not some gambling expert, but I think in the past we've seen some numbers be higher when it comes to like the the teams on the high end. And they're not really doing that this year. I mean, like I said, the the highest one is Brooklyn at 54 and a half. Um, And like I said, when you consider that it's going to be an 82 game season again, I mean, 54 and 28, you know, that, that feels like a lot of losses for the Brooklyn Nets, you know? So I can't
0: wait to go back. I can't wait to go back and listen to these. And like, Oh, if if I took the over on a lot of these, I was like "That that that, that statistically can't make sense. That's why I was saying (laughs) I'm taking
1: the over on too many teams because I'm like, it doesn't work out, you know, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I mean, uh, but I mean, those are going to be early numbers. We'll see how much some of that changes before the regular season. And obviously some of that's going to be predicated. If there are any moves and hopefully uh, no injuries, but if something happens on that front as well, um, then things will change.
0: Well said, my friend, well said. I think that was a good episode. A nice and succinct, you know, I have, about I have one last round.
1: question for you. Oh, considering you are the Cleveland guy.
0: Go Browns. Yes. Super Bowl.
1: How many fantasy drafts have you done? And the ones that you've done so far and the ones that you are going to be doing, and I don't even know how many leagues you're in. How many of those do you plan or have Baker Mayfield as your quarterback?
0: <laughs> You'll be very surprised at this answer. Zero fantasy drafts. Zero. Not a one. Not a planning on any of them. No, you're not I, doing. Wait, you're not doing I fantasy am a football. Daily. I am a daily fantasy football Ooh, savant. I play showdowns savant. on DraftKings. Savant. I play uh, classics on Sundays. Uh, the Millionaire Maker. All of that fun stuff. All of the jazz that that brings with it. Wow. I do that instead of because I hate managing teams. Every year that I manage a team goes south. So
1: not me, man. The you know, year play. the
0: year I picked Demarco Murray after he went all elite, mm. like with the Cowboys, and went to uh, Philadelphia, he got hurt right like, right away. Or was it Tennessee? I don't even remember. Sure, but like it's just how it goes. So I don't deal with it. If somebody gets hurt, they do it during the game, and and that's on you know my daily fantasy, uh, you know
1: lineup and. It's whatever
0: because do you, I don't you have shy to pick away the from
1: week. the Browns or do you like a lot of Browns guys this what, what you year? Doing? I am
0: going Browns because I Ooh. know that I'm not a Homer.
1: Wow.
0: That if there's a matchup and it's juicy, I'm going right after it. Good. We live with the Brownies. We can go back to the podcast back in. What was it? January. When we were talking about the Brownies. It's my team. I know a ride or die.
1: I, I'm a Bears fan, and I already know it's gonna be a hey, long season. I know you like long season.
0: Yeah, well, you're gonna just wait it out a little bit. You saw I like the pepper Justin. that Justin Fields, you'll say you saw the pepper that Justin Fields put on that pass in the preseason game.
1: The problem is the Bears, don't, right. the Bears do not have an offensive line. And by the way, um everybody, please say a silent little prayer for uh, Andy Dalton. Game one, Bears on the West Coast against the Rams. Andy Dalton um, versus it's not Donald. going to be feeling good after that game, shall we say? Versus Aaron Donald.
0: Oh my God! Oh God! By well, the way, I'm shoot. in two.
1: I'm in two leagues, man, and I won one of them last year. I'm I'm drafting that. I'm drafting that team tonight. I already did a draft. And no, I'm not going to be that guy that runs down his whole fantasy team and breaks it down, especially in a basketball podcast.
0: You can follow us on Twitter for that stuff, by the way. I'm at Spin Davies. He's at Brian Fritz.
1: So I got to put so you, my fantasy you, team on my, on my Twitter now? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Isn't
0: okay. that what the point is?
1: Sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Now I think we're going to go. Basketballnews.com podcast network. We are a part of it. Of course, this is Keeping It 94 with the boys, Spencer Davies and Brian Fritz. Other ones you can listen to the Rex Chapman show with Rex Chapman and Josh Hopkins neat and unfiltered with Kenyon Martin, the Posecast with James Posey dishes and dimes with the ladies, the rematch with the Tom Thomas, the dunker spot with the Duncan and Steve Jones, Jr. The Sheridan show with Chris Sheridan, the follow through with clips and drew the Alex Kennedy podcast with Alex Kennedy. He also has top shot weekly with Oliver Maroney that he does. So make sure you go follow like subscribe rate review, do all that fun stuff for them do the same for us. As I just mentioned in passing, I am on Twitter at spin Davies. Brian is on Twitter at Brian Fritz. I am on Instagram at spin Davies and Brian is on Instagram at it's Brian Fritz. So got the Buckeyes coming up on Thursday night. Oh, everybody. And in case you don't know what the Chan is, you're supposed to reply IO as one native of the Buckeye state here.
1: And we've got UCF UCF coming up on Friday night. Or a Thursday night. What am I saying? Thursday night, home against Boise State at the Bounce House.
0: Yep. So we got some football starting up. It's a good feeling. But don't worry. We still got you covered on everything basketball. A quick reminder to just check out basketballnews.com. Got great interviews and film breakdowns, podcasts, as I just mentioned. Amazing, amazing content. I'm going to do a quick plug here. I talked to Michael Foster of the G League Ignite, the first commit this year. Somebody from Hillcrisp Prep, but he came from Milwaukee. Uh, big, big, big kid. 18 years old. Powerhouse. Somebody that told me he just needs to learn how to control his body and he'll be in good shape. So check that interview out. It's on our main page right now at basketballnews.com. Otherwise, take care. We'll see you for the next episode. And enjoy your football. Happy first of the month, everybody.